Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participation restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, Bonnie lads and lasses. It's Will here. Bit of an issue. We recorded this episode on the back of the Everton result, where we've obviously beaten them 2-0. It's taken me an absolute fucking age to edit this one longer than usual. Uh, Since then, we've actually lost to Crystal Palace, unfortunately, which makes us look a little bit silly. It probably helps if you just forget about the Crystal Palace result. I know I've already done so, and focus on the other content. So the championship special. Right, that's enough from me. Uh, Enjoy, and I'll see you soon. Bye. Hello and welcome to Talk of the Tune, a Newcastle United podcast. My name's Will, I'm your co-host with the co-most, and as usual, I'm joined by my good pals and co-hosts, Hodgy and Gray. Hello. Hello. Hodgy, repping the new microphone today, how is it? Oh, decent. Well, I can't hear. It's up to you guys to hear what I'm saying there. I can't hear what I'm saying back. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to suffer with you moving your laptop around all the time now. We've taken a step up. Uh, right, I suppose... We probably should talk about yesterday's result. We vowed not to, but that's obviously when times were a little more miserable. We've actually won a game of football. I didn't quite know what to think when I saw the result because we've been so beaten up over the last few weeks, none of us actually watched the match. I'd like to say it's because we were doing other things, but really it comes down to the fact we've been shit. Um, but we actually recorded a 2-0 win away at Everton. Which now leaves us, or I think I don't think we're moved, but we're now in 16th place in the Premier League. Callum Wilson pops up, bags two goals. I think we're proven to be a bit of a, a bogey team for Everton, actually, over the years. We've got some good results. Or maybe we just like playing against Carlo Ancelotti and winding him up. It's because we like playing against Pickford, isn't it? And winding him yeah, up. Man. <laughs> I think it just gives it your fire in the belly, doesn't it? Yeah, it's always good to put goals past him. They dropped him in the last game, didn't they? They said it was because he'd been playing too much or whatever, but I think it, uh, it gets to his head every single time. Was it that kamikaze tackle he put in? I can't remember who it was against, but he should have been sent against off. Against Liverpool, wasn't it? Oh, Liverpool, that was it. Against yeah, yeah, Van Dijk, yeah. Who's yeah. still oh, yeah, injured was... from that tackle and the referees yeah. now come up and being like, yeah, I should have probably given him a red card for that. <laughs> Shocking. <man. laughs> What's the point of VAR if they're going to miss all these things? Like yesterday's handball, uh, I don't know if you saw it, the Aston Villa handball, Matty Cash, and they said it popped up off his thigh and hit his arm. It's just, I don't see the point of VAR. It's not actually going to do its job and actually work. VAR did actually do its job in that tackle, didn't it? Because he flagged uh, someone as offside. So as soon as as soon as he's offside, apparently it's a free for all. So you can just go and absolutely like half someone, like Pickford did. And <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, it's absolutely fine. He needs to sort his head out. Still, Jordan Pickford, he has a real problem with 
I don't know what it is, getting overzealous, passionate, whatever the fuck it is. He just needs to sort himself out, especially if he's England number one, which I don't think he should be. Anyway, back to the point at hand, 2-0. Uh, Callum Wilson popping up with two goals, one in the 74th minute and one in added time. Both taken very, very well. One from a corner from John Joe right. Shelby. Oh, where's he been the past few weeks? Pops up with a great delivery. Everton's standard zonal marking did them no favours. Callum Wilson peels away, puts it in the far corner. And then the second one, Sam Maxima comes on. He puts a great through ball for Jamal Lewis. Jamal Lewis pings the ball across. Callum Wilson in acres of space. We hit them on the counter and then it's game over. You've got to give credit to Wilson there because uh, the ball from Lewis was dreadful. Like he could have played it anywhere. And, yeah, not good. And yeah, his, his first touch there to control that was was incredible. And yeah, to find the bottom corner. We're so lucky to have him. When I saw the highlights and seen that ball being pinged across, I was like, holy <laughs> fuck. <laughs> He's just whipped it at him. Like he hasn't like tried to place it in front of him nice to run onto. He just smashed it across. Showing of the times, I think, a little bit. But it was good that no one was with him in the middle of the park, I think. True. Well, thank God. Yeah, thank God it... it happened as it happened um, and Callum Wilson was able to control it and, and then put it away an excellent all-round performance from Callum Wilson from what I can hear and what I can what I've been able to see so far everything went through him we played on the front foot a little bit more a lot of people saying this is our best performance of the season it's bound to be anything's an improvement on what we've uh, <laughs> what we've been seeing lately this whole thing we've been talking about in the pre-recording Everyone absolutely shitting their pants, uh, thinking that Graham Jones has come in and had an immediate impact. I mean, there's two sides to the story. Gray, you provided one, and then Hodge, you provided the other. There's one coming in saying, right, he's come in, he's barking orders, he's obviously come in with real impetus, he's made a difference straight away. But then there's the other side saying he's only been able to take one training session of two hours, and is that really enough to impact the next performance? Is that really enough for us to completely turn things around. What do we think about the introduction of Graham Jones? I don't really know what to make of it. I think it's probably good to have someone who is known for being a bit more attacking, a bit more front-footed. It's all a bit under the cloche still. What is his role? What is his role going to be? What is going to happen with Bruce here in this instance? Like I think you touched on before the pre-recording saying that he's been pushed up into a higher role and actually Graham's mm. going to take over as manager. I don't know what is going on. Nothing's been clearly stated by the club. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised at all, but I think in the light of where we are in the league and stuff, I think it might have been a bit more hope and stuff for the fans to be like, oh we've made a bit of a switch up this is what's going to happen and this is what we think mm. is going to work rather than just doing something and leaving everyone in the dark don't know what to make of it I don't think we can credit him with the points that were picked up yesterday no. if he said something to Bruce and being like let's push a bit more then obviously it's the thing that's been missing in the game and it's what we've picked up on the last couple of weeks How is that what it takes just one new coach coming in saying you're doing this wrong oh, and then immediately turn things around and then it's it's not a, re- a fair reflection of the total season so far we can't just get our hopes up and say right this is a turning point the uh, Proof is still in the pudding, but mm. yeah, it's interesting. Gray, you had another side. I mean, yeah, I think I just touched on kind of my point of view quite a lot there. The only change we've made over the last week is him coming in and for us to all of a sudden press like we did and put pressure on our opponents, which we, we haven't done. We've just allowed them space and time mm. to play. There's no coincidence, I don't think, that he's come in and Yes, he may not have had that much influence on the training ground, but he may have had a lot of influence on Bruce and the coaching team to say, look, what the fuck's going on? What the fuck are you doing? (laughs) How are you a Premier League side not putting pressure on your opponents? If you let Sheffield United just ping the ball around like they did against us and uh, you're going to lose and you're going to look silly. So I kind of feel Mm. he has come in and made that comment here and there, may have made a difference and may have actually said. And it's what you sometimes need is someone to come in and just, he's been watching the games from a different perspective to come in and just say, you know, what 
you're fucking shit. You need to sort your act out. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> you are in deep trouble. And I think that's may have been what he said. Yeah. But also, there's a lot of rumors about um, Jones coming in and being more of that coaching role while Bruce will move to that old school manager role. So Jones mm. will be dealing with the players day in, day out on the training field while Bruce is in that more old school role, but is at his kind of front of house and will face the media and that sort of thing. So it'll be interesting to see the dynamic. Bruce is the shoulder to cry on for the players. <laughs> oh, come on, lad. It's all right. They're training you too hard now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> if that is the case, Bruce is just stealing a fucking wage, I think. Yeah. What's the point? What's the point? Paying two people to do one person's job. Exactly. I do. I wonder whether it's maybe a case as well of, of shielding Graham Jones because he has had one experience of being a, an actual manager and that was for Luton Town and he did catastrophically badly so I wonder whether this is like <laughs> almost like a, um, an apprenticeship scheme <laughs> we'll put him under the wing of Bruce he'll teach him all like the how to deal with getting flack how to deal with all this and that and he can focus more on the coaching but also learn on the job I think it's an interesting if you interesting look at thought. the history of what Ashley's done when we've been in this position. He's he does have a track record of doing it, and we brought that young Scottish coach in. I can't remember his name. Oh yes, um, Ian Cuthro, wasn't it? That's it, Ian Cuthro. That's and it. Yeah. He's done this sort of thing in the past, and there has been a bit of a turnaround in fortune, but obviously isn't sustained for very long. I also think it's Ashley's way of not admitting he's made a mistake instead of kind of just owning it and getting rid of the problem which we all know what that is he kind of tries mm. to cover it up by bringing in more backroom staff to try and make that that change which is exactly what he's done here that ian cathro just to pick up on him he left us to go to hearts isn't it uh, but he's now back oh, in the yeah. premier league with wolves he's a uh, first team coach at wolves oh he is isn't he yeah he's working under nuno mm-hmm. yeah i think just Coming around off the the Bruce versus Jones thing, I wonder if it's like a bit of a Mexican standoff, as we were saying earlier. Like Ashley probably won't want to sack Bruce because it'll cost him too much, and as you say, he needs to save a bit of face. But Bruce is digging his heels in the ground, saying, "I've never walked away from anything. I've never walked away." Well, you walked away from Sheffield Wednesday to join us. What are you on about? He's just maybe looking for that payout or maybe it's a pride thing. I don't know, but it doesn't look like he's going to go. So is he bringing in a usurper who's going to come in under him? We're going to breed him and train him up to be first team manager or head coach or whatever. And then hope well, hope that Bruce's contract just runs down, and just run it down and quietly phase him out. <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting. But him and the Steves, they've definitely been shown up a little bit if this is the case. Just hope that Graham Jones doesn't have to change his name to Steve as well at any point. That's part of his contract or anything. <laughs> I'm sure the request's already in. I would like to uh, just touch on one thing before we move on. I was late to recording this podcast because I was out on a dog walk. In Jasmine Dean, I actually heard not just one group talking about the match yesterday, but heard two groups. I know there's only supposed to be groups of two people, but anyway, uh, let that slide. Yeah, two groups actually talking about Newcastle United yesterday, and I've not heard that at all over the past few weeks. So I know it's typical Newcastle fans to say, we've won one game and we're going to win the yeah. league. So whether there is <laughs> that sense of optimism returning and being Newcastle fans, it does return very quickly, but then it does uh, come crashing down very quickly as well. So I just thought it was interesting <laughs> to hear people talking about the match yesterday no that is a yeah it's a really good point i guess people probably have been talking about newcastle and newcastle folk have been talking about football but it's in a more negative light this is probably the first time in a long time you've heard any positives 
think one great thing is having Maxi back, having Sam Maxima. He's come on in the last two games and given us real impetus, which has been really interesting. Although Bruce has said that he'd like to play Fraser and Sam Maxima in the same team. He seems to always take Fraser off for Sam Maxima, but it's fine. It's fine. I'll pick my battles. We won a game. It's because uh, ASM's just returning from injury, though, isn't he? So I say injury from illness. Take someone so. else off. Take Hendrik off. Take Hendrik off. Oh, God, yeah. Please take Hendrik off. He's... Although all the pundits and all the journalists are saying that he's playing quite well at the minute. I just can't see it. I don't know whether that's just used to him having shit matches, but... Yeah, I don't know. Jury's still out on Hendrik. Hodgie, you got your hand up. Yeah, I was just going to say, on Gray's point there, saying people talk about the game, I'm actually looking forward to the Palace game, and this is the first game that I've looked forward to in quite a while, coming off a, a nice win there, coupling it with having St. Maximum back, and hopefully he's good enough to start, because like mm. you say, he has been kind of shining light, and Palace not doing too good. They're a bit up and down. I mean, they won the last game, but... Their yeah. form is, is kind of all over the place and we have played them and beat them already this season. So it's it's something that we yeah. want to be looking at that and being like, look, that's three points up for grabs because, mm-hmm. I mean, the next three games after that are Southampton, Chelsea and Man United. So it, <laughs> we need, need to definitely pick something up for sure. Yeah, as you say, we thumped Palace the last time, all caught us off guard. I think Joe Linton scored and got an assist, didn't he? So let's mm-hmm. hope we bring him back into the team and he can, uh, he can replicate that bit. Yeah, fingers crossed. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but we can only hope for the best and hope that this is the turning point in our season and we don't get relegated to the championship, which leads us on quite nicely, actually. Admittedly, we had planned this episode when we were losing. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) As you can probably tell by the name, we're doing a championship special. Hodgie, Monsieur Hodgson, you've prepared a championship special for us this week. Yeah, going into a bit more of a Hodges history. <laughs> I need to think of some sort of better titles for my segments because they're really quite gash, aren't they? <laughs> goes along the lines of a horrible history, so it's quite good. Yeah, it's, it's kind of there, isn't it? It's halfway. Especially talking about the championship, is certainly a horrible history. <laughs> for sure. Like you were just saying, we've been on a bit of a downward spiral and pointing towards the championship. So why not talk about the championship seasons that we've had? I don't know if you're listening and you're a new Newcastle fan and you kind of want a bit more background of where we've been in the past and leading to where we are now but before we actually talk about the seasons that we were in the championship which is the 09 season and the 16-17 season I'll give you a bit of a, <laughs> a hint in how we went down in 08-09 because it was pretty pretty bleak <laughs> we had many different managers and you can't have as many managers as we had and actually stay up it would be quite the achievement I suppose but we had Keegan at the start who then left, who then took over by Chris Hutton, who was caretaker manager. Then we got an absolute joker in called Joe Kinnear. He then bought the bullet, then Hutton, and then Shearer, and then back to Hutton again, who kind of took us into the into the 09-10 season. Do you remember that thing they did on Soccer AM with Joe Kinnear? It was quite funny. They were like, we're all for Kinnear. Yeah. But when you say it in a Geordie accent, it was, we're all for Kinnear. We're all for Kinnear. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you bring Joe Kinnear up, there's two things that, that come to my mind. It's that thing on Soccer AM and also the infamous Johan Kebab, Charles Insomnia. Yeah. He didn't even try Sammy Amiobi's name, did he? He was just a bit of a joker, though, only. But it's I can't even see any good football being played under someone who his managerial experience of his ilk, where he was just never anywhere near the top. I think we were his only conquest in the top division. Cockney Mafia, wasn't it? Oh, massively. It was just a quick appointment just to get someone in in the door, so we didn't have a manager. That year, we finished 18th. We had seven wins, 11 draws, and 18 losses. If you're quick at maths, that's 34 points. Four points actually separated the bottom five teams, so it was really close. Oh, wow. But we went down because of a, a Damien Duff own goal against Villa, if you can remember. 
which uh, actually, actually sent us down. We've actually got a podcast. I was going to say, we definitely referred to that previously. What was it called? Damien Duff's Backside or something? Damien Duff's Back, I think, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the, the best of seasons. If we actually had not drawn with the Mackhams near the end of the season, we would have actually stayed up. And they mm. would have went down, actually, so that would have been the cherry on the top of it. Didn't, didn't quite end up like that. So... The 0-9-10 season, obviously it was a straight bounce back for us. We finished top. We won 30 games, drew 12 and lost four, which is actually quite a good record, I would say. Finished on 102 points, which actually broke the championship points record. Mm -hmm. It was the year, more famously for the uh, banana away kit, which was absolutely horrific. I don't know what you guys thought of it, but... My dad loved it oh. so much, he actually bought the shirt, put Nolan on the back, I think, for a 40-plus or 50-plus-year-old man. Well, at least they sold one shirt. At least we know of one <laughs> shirt they sold. I don't know of any others. I don't know who thought yellow and yellow stripes would be a good thing. <laughs> Apparently, it's the best colour to see against green. That was what they came up with. It was the mm-hmm. most standout colour, so you could pick your fellow teammates. It says a lot about our players if they need to kind of enhance the playing <laughs> colour, <laughs> doesn't it? Did you just have one of them kits or not? Fuck no. No, absolutely I not. No, I didn't either. Isn't yellow supposed to, you know, all colours have like a meaning, like blue is supposed to be calming and mm. red is supposed to be like angry. What the fuck does yellow mean? It's um, for remorse of loss. Is it? I remember watching something. How in, the fuck do you remember that? It's, I think we did something we'd do with sports psychology and they're doing about colours at uni and then they played different clips and in Jaws, the kid who gets killed at the start of the scene is on a yellow lilo and yellow is meant to be like the colour of remorse of death and stuff like that, apparently. In hell, where's he kept that one? That's, I, uh, I wasn't expecting that. I am full <laughs> of useless shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you say useless, quite useful on this occasion, but uh, I suppose yeah. the remorse side of it is, is actually quite fitting, yeah. as the, the season we'd had previously. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty damn bad. <laughs> but yeah, we, I mean, we had a decent kind of team. I think we were talking in, in pre-production, Gray, you were quite a fan of the 09-10 season. Can any of you tell me any of the players that were on the on the team back then? We did have 18 English players. Can you name any? 18 English players. Steve Hallett. Yeah, I remember one quite vividly because Mike Ashley used to have him on the back of his shirt. That was uh, Alan Smith. Yeah, Alan Smith. Yeah, he was there. English players around that time. Obviously, you've got the Andy Carrolls, Kevin Nolans. Like... Jerry Barton. Yeah, was Johnny Guthrie on, remember that one? Uh, Guthrie, yeah. Danny Guthrie, he was never that much, was he? No. He's, I think he's just been released by a lower league team in this transfer market, actually. I saw oh, his name it? pop up on the January transfer window stuff, yeah. Gray, have you got any, uh, any to add? Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't shouted his name out already. It's uh, Ryan Taylor. <laughs> My bet. <laughs> team of the decade. Team of the decade, Ryan Taylor. That's going to stay with me for life now. I might get oh, a tattoo. Should we get a tattoo? <laughs> Please do. Just get a tattoo of that free kick. <laughs> just, yeah. like little crosses in circles for the players and then like a dotted line for the ball going in <laughs> oh god amazing um I remember people who absolutely dominated in the, the championship still had Captain Kohler, didn't he? He hung around and was down in the championship for a one season and, and Kevin Nolan as well obviously absolutely dominated that season but I remember like the rogue names like fucking kicking about like Fabrice Pancra and Leon Best 
Leon Best, I actually thought, was quite a good player and did actually quite well in the season when we came back up to the Premiership. He's got a fair few goals, isn't he? Yeah, really good hold-up striker. He was influential in that 4-4, wasn't he, against Arsenal? Oh, he was, actually, yeah. Him and Joey Barton. I think he was all in the last, like, was it 30, 35 minutes or 37 minutes when um, Diaby got sent off? Oh, yeah. Diaby had a fucking meltdown, didn't he? It's because um, that was against Barton. Barton was in his head, man. Like he, he completely had his uh, had his number. Because I think there was a couple of times in the first half where there could have possibly been a red card earlier. But I think having it in the second half, because if we started a comeback before half time, it would have given Arsene Wenger a good amount of time to sit them down in the change room and, and break it up. You know what I mean? So I think it was quite a godsend that yeah. actually happened later on. I mean, there's a list here of the, the 18 players that were English. So we've got Harper, Nolan. Fitzhall, Williamson, Joey Barton, Guthrie, Routledge, Danny Simpson, Taylor, Smith, Butt, Amiobi, Carroll, Ranger, uh, Stephen Taylor as well, Ben Toza, currently at um, oh, yeah. uh, Legend, Donaldson and Tavernier or Tavernier, whatever you want to say. We actually lost some big names as well. We lost Viduga at the start of the season. Good. We lost Michael Owen, who was the Good. previous top goal scorer <laughs> in the really shit season. Damien Duff, he went. Jeremy, and there's a couple other names, but they're the most notable kind of ones. So notable mentions as well, Kevin Nolan and Andy Carroll. Uh, they were both top scorers with 17 each in the league. They were absolute busy mates. Can anyone tell me why they were busy mates? Because they were forced <laughs> to live together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How could you... How can you forget? One pretty much adopted the other, didn't he? <laughs> okay, Kevin Nolan had to take Carol under his wing for pretty much the entirety of that season, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. It was an absolute shocker, though. Looking back through the, the things he did, like I think it all came about because Carol was... Well, not to give this a bit of a depressing tone, but didn't he abuse his ex-girlfriend or something? And that got him in trouble, and he was in court and stuff. And I think as part of his... Like, bail conditions he had to go and live <laughs> you're just unheard of man you can't <laughs> arrested for assault and then just be sent to live with someone the problems are so different from then and now we've got somebody used to beat someone up on the reg but now we'll just find someone for having a haircut in lockdown absolutely <laughs> <laughs> crackers man honestly it was a bit of a, a squad of bad boys though wasn't it because you had him and nile ranger who at the time were scumbags Pretty much. But Andy Carroll, yeah, I think something with his ex-girlfriend, obviously don't want to go into the details of it because it's morbid and horrible, but that landed up in court. As part of his bail, I think he was sent to live with Nolan. But the stuff that got him there as well wasn't just the ex-girlfriend stuff. I was reading at some point, I remember vividly, like, he went on like a 14-hour drinking bender, which apparently ended in an orgy. <laughs> this was I think it was outside of the the championship season, but even like so, you know, when we beat the Mackhams 5-1. I think that's what started, but he began in Pontyland, probably in the Diamond, great pub, uh, and then he made his way to the city centre, no doubt ended up in the big market, because we all know Andy Carroll is a massive fan of Blue Bamboo. It then, Casino, and then as all good nights out do in Newcastle, it ended up in the McDonald's on the big market. <laughs> yeah, on top of the big markets next yeah. to a Greg's. Ended up there, yeah, but he was still maybe under the house conditions at that point, which got him in trouble, but do you remember his car being torched outside Nolan's house as well? Yeah. I don't know how that came about, but I remember his car being torched as well. It was a hideous crowmobile, though, wasn't it? He had it all, like, pimped out and just, like, shite. Yeah, was... Wait, a footballer has an ugly car? <laughs> <laughs> 
I do know what all that was about, but I remember his car being torched, Nolan's house being vandalised and stuff. It was just absolute chaos. And that was like just off the back of Joey Barton. That was either, I can't remember, it was before or after he went to prison as well for the whole cigar blinding issue as well. So yeah, we had a squad of bad boys back then, didn't we? I don't think Alan Smith was a, was a golden child. Danny Guthrie as well. I just remember him. Yeah. yeah. He's a bit of a thug on the pitch, wasn't he, when he just lashed out. It was it against Watford or someone. He just kicked some poor guy of a corner flag <laughs> the way to win the championship is just to beat the shit of <laughs> everyone and anyone you see <laughs> it worked didn't it I think Chris Hewton was a bit of a hard man back in his day he led from the front but I can't remember who I was with but I remember being with someone halfway up Osborne Road outside Scalini's as it was and then meeting Nicky Butt and Danny Guthrie and Danny Guthrie just being the biggest fucking knob like so like oh Danny is alright we've got a picture like a huge Newcastle fan la 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 the standard shit and he just didn't give us stuff but Nicky Burt was like straight over he was like yeah how's it going lads happy to get a picture you alright yeah all really nice so that's vivid memory I have of those two different examples that were set in. yeah well you smashed that answer then Will <laughs> <laughs> how can you forget um the league itself, not that much of a roller coaster ride. Uh, we started off with a draw, 1 1 draw, when we were actually Angeles. We then went to win five in a row. We also lost one game in the league from the 24th of October to the end of the season. It was either a win or a draw from that point on, which basically rocketed us way to the top. Wow. The only team that we didn't beat at all in the season was Derby County. We drew one. And we lost one. I swear they're a bogey club for us. Absolute massive bogey club because they, they did us in the Premier League when they went down with the lowest points total, which was a bit of a bastard. We won that season. We went back into the Prem. Spent five years until it all came crashing down. Steve McLaren had an absolute shocker. Um, it, oh, shit. Good to hear that we're being joined by Hodgie's TV remote in this episode, <laughs> <Right>. this recording. <laughs> it took him nine games to get a win and only had six Fucking wins hell. before he actually got sacked. By that point, it was a little bit too late for Rafa to save us. Rafa kind of steadied the ship a bit. His 10 games in charge was win three, draw four, lost three. We actually drew with City, we drew with Liverpool, and we smashed Tottenham 5-1. On the last day of the season, wasn't it? Indeed. Yeah, I remember that. So he didn't actually lose in, in the last six, which is quite good, but it was, like I say, <laughs> it was a little bit too late. Damage had been done. Yeah, just a bit. Can I remember the goal scorers against uh, Spurs? This is a bit rude. I don't know why I remember it, but was, was Rolando Aaron's one of them? Yes. Really? Oh, yeah. Wijnaldum got, got a couple, didn't he? Wijnaldum got a brace, yeah. Did um, Gray's favourite player get on the score sheet? Musa Suzuki? I didn't know. Oh, <laughs> Ayuzi Perez? Nope. Fucking hell. So we've got three of the five goals. So we've got three of the five goals. Did Mitro get on the score sheet? He, yeah, he got on the score sheet and then got sent off later on. Lovely. <laughs> 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 And the last one, uh, I don't know if you'll get it, it was Daryl Yanmat. Oh, so I wouldn't have got that. They were the goal scorers and that glorified win at the end when it was a little bit too late. So then, obviously, oh. the next season was 16-17. We got 94 points, which is 29 wins, drew seven and lost 10. 63% win percentage, which is not to be sniffed at. I'll start with a question. Do you remember anyone from that side? Any names that kind of jump out at you? A lot of the current squad. <laughs> yeah, the, the backbone of the current team. Yeah, not really yeah, changed much, much, has it? Pretty much the back five. Yeah. <laughs> from Sean Fernandez. Starting at the back, we had Rob Elliott, Carl Darlow, and then Matt Sells, who was a bit of a flop. Kieran Clark was there, Paul Dummett, Jamal Lascelles still there. Yedlin, although we've just found out that he's gone. And he's just gone to Galatasaray. Good luck. Idara, Jesus Gamas, Grant Hanley. 
massive ch- championship player. <laughs> he was sharp, found out, wasn't he, in the Premiership, Cranahan uh, League? Ashraf Lazar, never heard anything of him. He's still on the books, just oh, floating about, doing nothing. Stealing a wage. Stealing a wage. And then my mate, Chancellor Bimba. <laughs> Midfielders, can anyone point out any standout players in the midfield? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, Richie's, your Shalvies, yeah. World's favourite player, <laughs> Jörg Gufrin. Mohamed Diame. Mohamed Diame. <laughs> So on this one, you, we, I know we joke about it every single podcast, but do you see where I'm coming from in terms of like him being a great player and and how we miss a player like of his stature, of, of his the way he plays the game? Oh, do you see where I'm coming from, or do you just think you? No, no, no. He pressed a lot, and he was quite solid on the ball. Like he didn't really give it away. He wasn't he wasn't a person that would absolutely set the game alight. He was just very consistent and good at what he did. Broke play up quite mm. well. Just he, he wasn't anything good going forward. Like let's let's be totally honest, but. He's kind of like the kind of Hayden where he just breaks it all up and is Mr. Consistent, which is, I think, what you need in the championship, especially if you come straight back up. You need someone solid in the midfield to dictate the player. Experienced as well. Mm, for sure. Well, that's one thing Benitez did, didn't he? He brought in experienced players who had experience of the of the Prem as well. Yeah, 100%. I mean, just to name a couple more names, Jack Colback, Vernon Anita, obviously John Joe was there, Johan Gufran, Christian Atsu, Yasan Ben Elmahani, the YouTube star sensation who... Didn't get anything going, and then Harris Vukic um, just to top top the midfield off there. I mean, it's, the strength was up front there, wasn't it? It was no depth behind it. it was it was a usual kind of four or five that would play in the midfield, and they, they did very good for us that season. The forwards, can you rattle off the four forwards that were on the um We only had four forwards. Well, Dwight Gale scored a hat for, didn't he? Dwight Gale, yeah, he was actually top goal scorer. He finished it with twenty three goals. Yep, yeah, twenty three goals. He finished it. Fucking firing all that season, wasn't he? That's where he got Gale Force 9. Yeah. As a nickname. Perez was kicking about, wasn't he? Yeah. Perez, yeah. Yeah. Mitro. Aye. Mitro, and then Mitro. one more. Ah, uh, it's um, Daryl Murphy. Yeah, great, got it. Daryl Murphy. Murphy. Popped up with some influential goals just to, to seal one or two wins, which is yeah. quite good and, and really helped us. We're starting off with back to back losses, but quickly gained some form. I think from game week 12 to 46. We were not outside of the top two spots in the league, which is, again, really, really good. We were on top of the table for 25 game weeks, which is more than half of the season. I would kind of say we got a little bit lucky because Brighton kind of tanked in the last three games. They had two losses and one draw. We managed to win our last three, even though we had a little blip before that. But I think it's kind of testament that we didn't stop. Even though they were quite far ahead, we still wanted to chase them down. I think Rafa would never have let us get too complacent and just... Happily sit in second place. I think he's strives to be one of the best and, and pushed it through. What were your highlights of the season? Did you have any specific highlights there? Us winning the league. Us winning the league. <laughs> Brighton falling at the last hurdle. Didn't we win some like three games on the trot at the end to secure yeah. victory? One thing that really sticks out for me is the moment that St James has found out that we'd become champions. Do you remember when all the players on the pitch happy they've been promoted, whatever, la la la? And then it was like people who were checking the Brighton score on their phones and started finding out at different points. It was like a Mexican wave of like celebration went around the stadium. If you ever try and find the videos on YouTube, man, it's fucking like it's spine tingling stuff there. When people find out, it just goes around and the players go absolutely mental on the pitch. It's so good. So good. But Rafa, as always, is calm as hell. <laughs> calm as hell, composed. I love him. Some uh, highlights for me were 6 0 thumping of QPR and then the DRMA goal versus Brighton to beat them 2 1, which would have been absolute massive salt into the wounds when they look back at it. 
a shot from Atsu goes completely miles nowhere near the goal. Diame kind of sort of reacts. I think it more hits in the ninth and it loops up and goes in the top corner. That was on the 81st minute. Can you remember who scored the second goal after that? For Newcastle? I was going to say Diame cures a cucumber as usual. He knew exactly what he was doing. No. Um, who scored the other goal in that game? Yeah, was that Daryl Murphy? No, 89th minute it was. Oh, it was our man who's just... No, I was going to say it was our man who's just gone. It's not Yedlin. Nope. Oh, fuck. I'm out then. I'll just keep oh, the question, like, you've got to think re- right, really far back. It's Sayo Jose Perez. I can't, remember, I can't remember what type of goal it was, but he, he scored and I don't care because it helped us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's all it is. It wasn't a too too much of a controversial season apart from one person who kind of stands out. John Joe Shelby. Can anyone remember what he did that was quite out there? Well, he said something not very nice to a player, didn't he? <laughs> yes, very not very nice. <laughs> uh, I, I don't really want to repeat it because uh, I think we've gotten quite a lot of trouble mm-hmm. about it. But definitely he, not. He, he definitely did. Do you want to ex- expand on that? Or? Well, he was done for racial abuse, wasn't he? To a Wolves player, was it Sice? Yes, Roman Sice. I think what Rafa was quite good at is he he kind of took that problem and. And try to change it and, and make make Shelby a bit of a better player from it. Because I remember something to a therapist to kind of work on his problems a little bit. Do you think he's a completely calmer person now? I think he's still obviously probably got that loose cannon urge in him. I think especially if someone can get under his skin, which I think he certainly can. Then yeah, I don't. I think he is obviously prone to a moment of madness. But I think just going back to Rafa and the way he handled it, I think. Typical Rafa, he kind of pinned the blame quite clearly on Shelby, especially uh, for that incident. And I was reading uh, reading up on this before, and just the the interview he gave post match was just he made the number of times he said that like, Shelby's responsible, and just pinning the blame on him, and just trying to enforce that guilt into him. I think was a key factor in this. And obviously, you mentioned going to a therapist and things like that to try and chill him out a little bit. Uh, but I think it's a testament to Rafa as a manager and as a man-manager. I think he obviously takes people under his ring a little bit and actually does what's best for them. And I think we did see the best of Shelby after that. Do you think it's a bit like your parents being like, I'm not angry at you, I'm just disappointed. <laughs> oh, 100%. That's the kind of thing he needed. 100%. I think that's the approach Rafa takes anyway, I think. Yeah, on some occasions this season, I think Shelby's maybe gone too far the other way and been a little too relaxed and almost verged on lazy. But the latest game against Everton, he, he showed up. So it's just annoying to know that he has it in his locker still and he's still capable of doing it. Where's he been all season? But yeah, he's, I think Gray's like hit the nail on the head. He still has that tendency that little firecracker just to like fucking lash out at someone or say something or it's much better than he was. One moment which kind of I think summarises that was just when he, he stamped on Dali Ali. I think it was the first game back after he got promoted. The therapy mustn't have uh, been ringing in his ears that day. <laughs> 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 that just kind of sums it up. Whether he then probably went through exactly the same thing again after that just to reinforce it. But at the end of the day, he is only human and we are prone to mistakes. If someone is winding us up, then some of us are going to lash out, unfortunately. Yeah, for sure. We've had quite a few Rajis in the squad over the years, haven't we? Just talking about all the Rajis, Carol, just a bit, fucking John Joe, <laughs> loads of hotheads. Say that there is a, there is one other player who got banned for using abusive language. Do you know who it was in that season? In that season, yeah. It's kind of slipped under the radar a little bit. I feel was there? Yeah, banned by the club or by the the FA? Uh, banned by the FA, I believe. Oh shit! Is that um? 
Peter Beardsley. <laughs> <laughs> they permanently banned Peter Beardsley, I think. <laughs> got, in trouble with, uh, got in trouble with the foreign lads, as the Atletico Men's podcast would say. Can't remember. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one to get, but it was uh, Matt Ritchie. All right. Really? I was a little bit shocked by it, to be honest, but apparently it was, um, he argued with a match official after he drew Fleet United. And well, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Pitbull, isn't he, at times? I think he, uh, yeah. he'd be classed to have your team, but at the same time, you'd absolutely hate to play alongside him because I think he'd always be, <laughs> he'd always be on your case making sure you are giving 110% like he does. But yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all that he's had a, had a little outburst at some point in his career. Well, that's the end of the, the kind of roundup of the two seasons. We're still kind of topsy-turvy, moving on to like more current-day situations with um, takeover news that came in and then obviously dissipated. <laughs> and it's still kind of an ongoing battle as well. We've got our own battles inside of the club with, with uh, he who shall not be named, what we'll call him, Walter Bruce. <laughs> yeah, the football defender. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it was, we'll kind of see where we're going, but... Being a Newcastle fan, it's it's never a plain sailing kind of thing. It's always a bit of a roller coaster and up and down. So who knows? Who knows? But hopefully, if we do go down, hopefully we don't. We can bounce back straight away like the last two times. But I was going to say, Hodge. At least most of our squads recently been in the championship anyway. So it's yeah, be all right. They've got experience. No, I don't want to do it again. Fuck <laughs> <That doesn't be laughs> oh, no. that noise. Aye, but that's kind of it. That's the end of Hodge's history. So I hope you've enjoyed <laughs> me wasting 30 plus minutes of your life. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good to reminisce. That was uh that was good, Hodge. Well yeah, well put together. It's good talking about it as long as it's in the past. Hmm. I don't mind talking about it as long as it's in the past and as long as we're comfortable in the premiership. It's just uh let's hope it's not a premonition. Hopefully we're not cursed our fucking season. Oh. I can't wait for us to bring Kevin Nolan in as manager and all of a sudden Andy Carroll has uh, some court case. Assistant manager. <laughs> <laughs> has to move in with, uh, with Kevin Nolan once again and it's going to be flashbacks. I love that we're cracking up about it. That's quite a serious thing, but the conditions of it are just dead serious. Like, what? Well, did Nolan just adopt him for a season like a fucking dog or something? <laughs> it's fucking mad. Carroll had to read fucking Nolan's kids like bedtime stories and stuff. And I wonder whether that was part of the bill condition as well or just used to do that as a favour <laughs> can you imagine the judge <laughs> oh. Andy Carroll must have to wear a sexy maid costume whenever he's in the house <laughs> and carry around a little feather duster <laughs> Nolan's just passing the judge notes and things <laughs> see this one as well <laughs> just wash your car once a week <laughs> <laughs> gotta do the shopping it's gonna take me wife to the hairdressers Coyote Ben Afra Yoan Kebabs Gray, do you have a quiz for us this week? I do, and I think it's a good one. So if anyone's made it this far through our championship ramblings, I hope you're going to enjoy it. Every time I've heard from Gray this week, he's been like, oh, I've got a really good one. This one's really good. I think it's class. So we'll we'll see how this goes. (laughs) Fucking better be after the hype he's given it then. Go on then, Gray. I'm waiting for the jingle. <laughs> the return of Grace Greatest. Hopefully, a lot of you know the score by now, but I've got five clues in front of me. Going to read them out one at a time. Hodge and Will got the little competition on the go. Current score, I have no idea, but I'm going to say Will is winning. Probably a safe bet. They're both going to text me their guesses after the end of each clue. Will, remember to text me, not the group. 
Um, always got to remember that. Yeah, let's see how they get on. So, moving on. When I was a kid, I travelled a 34-mile round trip to watch my childhood heroes play at St. James's Park. They were Jackie Milburn and Len Shackleton. Jackie Milburn, Ashton lad who played 40s and 50s, so he's quite old. So that long ago, yeah. He viewed them as a kid, so he's got to be at least like 60, 70. Fucking hell. I know that's not that's it's too early to do math. Well, that's always too early for me to do math. <laughs> I don't even think I can think of any more. So he was watching he was watching Jackie Milburn as a kid and he's a local lad. Okay, I'm gonna have well, a Well thirty four yeah, well oh. thirty four mile radius makes it yeah, it makes him local. No Hodge. Oh, I thought that was a good guess as well. So he's watching Jackie Milburn. I think uh, I think uh, Paul's going to guess the same. Um, I'm I'm drawing a fucking blank here. I hope the I hope the listeners are doing a bit better than me, but I'm drawing a fucking blank. Well, I'm um, going to move on then. Yeah. So Hodge guest was uh, Super Mac Malcolm McDonald. It's not him. No, he's from like down south. I think, he's, yeah, I think he's from uh, London, but I, I had to pick he's somebody London. to have a guess, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah true, true, have true, a guess true. more than what Will's done so far. Anyway. Uh, so clue two after I signed my first professional contract at Fulham my dad insisted that I continued my trade as an electrician I did finally gave up on my trade to focus on full time professional football a season later wait it's not fucking this person is it oh he's got it He's got it. Is it? Yes! <laughs> yes! Uh, how have you thought that I thought out? it was going to be him on the first one, but the dates didn't work out. And it, yeah, that's, yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, no pressure, Hodgie. <laughs> I don't have a fucking Scooby-Doo. How have you got yes! that? Yes! Yes! I'll tell you how I got it afterwards, because last time I did this, I almost gave it away for Hodgie. Well, I pretty much did. I can't, I uh, don't even know if I can put a guess in. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Can we have that clue once more, Gray? After I signed my first professional contract at Fulham, my dad insisted that I continued my trade as an electrician, which I did finally give up on to focus on full-time football a season later. Yes. Right, I've got two things that have given it away for me. You ever play for Newcastle? You can't ask the questions. Yeah, you, you've got to wait your turn. Like, come on, there's clues, clues are coming. Yeah, he's still got three more clues, Hodgie. Next. (laughs) (laughs) I made my England debut in 1957, scoring twice in a 4-0 win against France. I was dropped the next game in favour of Bobby Charlton. Bit harsh. Yeah, when I was reading this, I was just like, you've made your debut, you scored two goals in a win against France. (laughs) Next game, you're you're dropped. I'm just like, yeah. That's well harsh. Like ruthless from the manager. Oh, I'm so pleased I got that. Yes. Um, uh, I reckon a few listeners may have got this by now, Hodge. It's not Jackie Charlton. Oh, no. Hodgelson. <laughs> so I think this clue may give it away. Listen to him. be so pissed. He doesn't <laughs> say anything. <laughs> I never played a game for Newcastle United. Could also apply for Jack Charlton. <laughs> This is his fucking brother. 
I'm even more pleased I got it so early now with Hodge struggling. Like, to be the guess. So, Hodgie, my last clue was I was dropped in favour for Bobby Charlton. Oh, shit. So, yeah, it's not... Has he just guessed Bobby Charlton? (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't have a clue, man. I literally don't have an absolute screen. Uh, I think Will's cheating. No, 100% not. If you don't get it on this one, Hodge, yeah, you lose a lot of respect. I think not just from me and Will, from a lot of Newcastle fans. (laughs) So no pressure. No pressure at all. In my first game in charge of Newcastle United, who were bottom of the league at the time, we thrashed second bottom Sheffield Wednesday 8-0. We finished 11th in the league (laughs) and in the following season guided Newcastle to Champions League football with a fourth place finish. I just heard him go, I know who it is. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, finally got it. And uh, it is indeed the one and only Bobby Robson. Bobby Robson, absolute legend of the game and Newcastle United. Tell us how you got it then, Will. Uh, well, first of all, I already had an inkling when he said 34 mile round trip because he was from County Durham. He was. And then secondly, I knew he played for Fulham because I'm pretty sure he also played for West Brom. Or I knew he started at Fulham and then the dates kind of worked out as well. So there you go. Yeah, well then. Thanks very much. Well, I also thought as well, because you were so gassed about it, you would have probably tried something a little bit different this week, and that's why you were so pleased with it. <laughs> Hodgie, are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm all right, yeah. Right, so what's that four points for me and one point for Hodge? It is, yes. So Will's uh, extending that lead. I think he's only just got back into the lead because I think I was winning 11-10 or some shit like that. And then we both got the same one last week. Gray, you'll have to listen back and get the figures correct. I will, yeah. I'll have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for that, Gray. I thought it was a good one. Yeah, It's always nice when I win, though, isn't it? Ah, there we go. Not competitive at all after losing. It's a sore winner that. in Will, isn't it? Such a sore winner. Oh, it's a sore loser as well after losing the, uh, <laughs> the club crest. Yeah. Oh, don't even fucking get That's me started. Back. Ash, you sat me the other day and you just loved it. You just loved how angry you got. <laughs> oh, fucking that one is coming back. Don't you worry. Watch this. I, I can't wait. I hope it does. Yeah. I'm going to have to do my fucking research. Fuck, I need to start swapping up. But yeah, looking forward to that. That's a sign of things to come. Right, well, I think that just about wraps things up for this episode. It's about bloody tight. We've been going on long enough. Excuse me, as our burp. Should probably do the plugs at some point. So you can find us on Twitter at TOTT Podcast. You can find our podcast itself on all reputable podcast platforms. You can find us on Spotify, Acast, Apple Podcasts, etc., etc. If you search for us on Google, we do actually come quite high up in the results now. Listen to us go. But we'd really appreciate it if you could give us a listen, give us a follow. And where possible, give us a five-star rating. It helps us massively. That's it for this week. Thanks very much for listening. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye. 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 (laughs) It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping. And you steal a last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.